your host, Pastor Michael, love guru, and I am your spiritual guy taking you guys on a journey to help you navigate through this crazy thing called love. Why? So that you don't become a casualty of what I like to call weaponized love. Are you guys ready to peep game? Let's get in, people. Today, I want to talk to you guys, or particularly, I want to minister to men, right? There's been this ongoing um, leading, you may say, to husbands, men, fathers, um, even in my research. And I heard this word broken down before the word husband, right? And we use the word husband a lot of times as a noun, right? We call ourselves husbands. But when you use it as a verb, as an action, as to talk about what your role is as a husband, the word husband is derived from two words, which means house band, house band. And that's uh, something that is used to basically secure the home. Research and research, research. And I haven't done the particular numbers, but this is just me um, coming across influencers and coming across people who um, have researched this information. They say that in a home that a single father raising a child has the same success rate and positive impact as a man and a woman raising a child. What that tells me is that there is a huge impact on fatherhood, on uh, a man, a husband, a father being present in the home of the family, of the, the wife, of the child, right? Um, and we know that there has been uh, a society attack against fatherhood, a society attack against fathers. My teacher, Dr. Miles Monroe said, you know, in his life, he see a lot of crisis center. He see a lot of government funding, a lot of uh, nonprofit organization that is geared toward helping women. But there is not a lot of help, a lot of mental health and a lot of programs that's geared toward helping men. And that is by design. Even when you think of the original creation of the family, the husband and wife, um, the story of Adam and Eve, when Eve ate of the fruit, nothing happened. It was when Adam ate of the fruit, then literally all hell broke loose on earth because God set up a structure that the husband was the head. Now, I know when I say that, that may ruffle a lot of feathers, especially with women, especially with this culture of feminism, uh, this culture of toxic masculinity. When we say that the father or the husband is the head, a lot of people frown upon that. That, that hits a lot of emotional nerves to people especially one, those who had fathers who abandoned them, those who had fathers who were never in their lives, those who had fathers who were abusive. 
um, that word father being head of the household, that phrase is a sore spot. It's a trigger for a lot of people. That's because love has been weaponized. That's because the, the noun father is not the same as, or the noun husband is not the same as the verb house band. So even for myself, when I was brought, when that was brought to my attention to focus um, a lot of my attention on teaching men how to be better husbands, teaching men about fatherhood, it was a little uncomfortable even for me because my biological father um, was not in my life because of some choices that he made growing up. Um, and, and I had a stepfather in my life who was physically there, was you know physically provided for me, but the actual parent, the one who raised me was my mother. And me coming from a black culture, we know that black women are considered the father figures in our culture, right? The one that nurtures us, the one that trains us, that even though some fathers are physically in the home or physically giving child support, that's not the same as parenting us. So a lot of us have not been parented by our fathers, even if they physically was there. So even for me, when the Holy Spirit led me to the attention of how important husbands really are, it was a little uncomfortable. And it was because I'm not 100% sure how to do that. Like, I'm not sure comfortably how to talk about husband and fathers because I didn't have that growing up. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me of the fact that he's been my father, number one. And two, I have been a father and I have been learning how to be a husband. I haven't fully come into that and I'm on that journey as well. But I have fathered my, I have parented my children. I am parenting my son. Um, I'm growing as a husband or a house band to my wife. So as I teach men, I'm going to teach you from a place of vulnerability, a place of transparency as I grow. And like I tell you guys, I'm not here to say I have a, um, arrived in my place and knowing how all of this works. Um, this is a two-edged sword, which means I'm growing along with you guys as you take this journey with me. And in me teaching about marriage and me teaching about the roles of a husband and a wife and, and about masculine and feminine energies and, and what uh, essentially teaching you God's marriage, right? I know a lot of times we use the word traditional marriage, but like the Holy Spirit told me today, don't call it traditional marriage because traditions is what men do. They formulate traditions and they change traditions and they alter traditions so that it feels good. But this whole thing is God's marriage. So let me give you a little trigger warning. If you watch this, if you follow me, 
I am not here to satisfy your flesh. I am not here to agree with culture. I am here to not give you Michael's opinion. I am here to give you what God says marriage is. I'm here to give you the purpose of dating and courting from a biblical perspective. I am here to talk to you guys about the real understanding of what your marriage looks like. As a matter of fact, let me give you my platform so you understand. I believe that there are three types of marriages. There's God's will, there's free will, and there's slow kill. God's will. God's will is when God has created a man and a woman to be brought together for a specific kingdom purpose and kingdom assignment. God brought these, brings these two people together for a specific kingdom purpose. The Bible says in, the, in Genesis, when we talk about it, and we'll get into it, but he blesses those types of marriages, right? Their specific purpose, whether it's going to be a kingdom specific purpose or it's going to be a birth, the birth of godly offspring, meaning there's a particular woman, man, male or female child that God is going to birth through your union that is directly tied to kingdom purpose. We see this throughout the Bible all the time, right? That's God's will marriage. Then we have free will marriage. What's a free will marriage? That's a marriage that God creates the environment. It's like God set up a speed dating event and he brought a bunch of men and a bunch of women that he chooses. He sets up the parameters. He's saying, this is what a man is. This is what a woman is. This is what you're supposed to look for in a husband. This is what you're supposed to look for in a wife. And I'm going to create an environment and you guys can choose who you would like to do life together. And that has what I call a general kingdom purpose. Again, a tie to cultivating and subduing the earth. That's a free will marriage. Then it's what I like to call the slow kill marriage. That's the marriage because in the Bible, there are tons of warnings that God gave his people not to intermarry with everybody else. And by default, if you're not God's children, you are Satan's children. Spoiler alert, we are not all God's children. I know some you, some of you have been taught that. That is not biblical. There are people on this earth that belong to Satan. And God warns us not to intermarry or get into relationships with those people because they will lead you from him. So, again, there are God's will relationships. There are free will relationships and there are slow kill relationships, relationships that will lead you from God. And he gave us several warnings on not to intermarry with those. 
That's what I like to call weaponized love. That's when Satan takes love and weaponizes it against God's people. And there are many of us that are in that relationship. So my goal and my job is to one, God told me this. He says, Michael, there are a lot of people in the perfect relationship. They're in the relationship. I'm sorry, not the perfect relationship. Let me get it right. He says, there are a lot of people in the relationships that they ask for, the relationship of their dreams. The problem is it doesn't feel or it doesn't look like what they think it should. And because of that, they normally walk away from something I put together for a purpose. I can say that has been, that was my relationship with the wife, my Nikki, my wife that who I'm with today was the wife that God put together. I also was married before, and that's what I call a free will marriage. It was my choice to marry the first wife and God honored that. And I had two beautiful children from that, Michael and Michaela, but that didn't last. Now, the one that he gave me, I almost ruined. So I understand what it's like to ruin something that God has put together. And I also understand what it's like to repair it and to build it up and to now be on a journey to get the fulfillment of that marriage is what I like to call the marriage mandate. That's the journey I'm on now. That's the journey I'm going to take you with. But I also know what it's like to intermarry, almost intermarry with someone who's not his child. I got into a relationship that I was engaged with, and this person came under the false pretense that they were a believer. But none of their actions, their heart or their motives was leading me toward God. It was leading me away from God. And that is a surefire way to know that when that marriage is not something that God wanted us to be in. So I teach from the truth and I teach from a perspective of my own experience in my own life. That's what I'm here to do with you is to help you recognize those three types of marriages and help you avoid those marriages at all costs because those marriages literally will lead you from God and will ultimately send you to hell. The scripture talks about people who were once lovers of God, followed his way, and were led to doing some demonic things. And some of those people ended up in hell. If you ever want to know, can you lose salvation? Technically, you can't lose salvation, but technically you can walk away from salvation. And those people in those relationships, God warned, will lead you away from it. So this is very important because the most natural thing for us to do is to get into a relationship. It's the easiest thing to do. And that's why Satan weaponizes it and uses it against your salvation. He will also use it against your God-given purpose. This is why marriages are under attack. This is why gender is being trying to be erased. It's, it's why everything is... Um, coming against what God's idea of marriage is. That's why as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, as a relationship expert, my goal is not to teach you what the world says marriage is. My goal is to teach you what God says marriage is. So don't look for an opinion. Don't look for me to tell you something that's going to feel good to your flesh. Yes, I'm going to focus on men and husbands 
but I'm also going to focus on wives and women because both are equally important. You can have a, a husband, a house band that's trying to keep that marriage together, and you can have a wife that's constantly trying to tear it down. You can have a wife that's struggling to be in the position of a husband and doing the best that she can and eventually burn out because it was not designed for her to be the husband. It was not designed for her to be the one that keeps the family together and burns out and ends up wasting what I like to call valuable childbearing and snapback years, wasting it on job turkeys and fools and people and men who are not sure who they are and they give up their bodies. They birth children with men who they probably should have never birthed because they got with people who they should never got with. And so today I want to break down some scriptures that again is going to cater to husbands, men. Okay. And this is something that I personally dealt with and still in some sense is dealing with. And I like to call this the Adam complex, the Adam complex. And we're going to start because, again, I don't want to give you my opinion. Now, also, there's a philosophy that God showed me that there are four sets of laws that govern intimate relationships. There's a law of spirituality. What that means is whatever God said goes. However, he created it goes. There's nothing we can do to change it. And it is the best for us. The problem with the law of spirit, I won't say the problem. The challenge with the law of spirituality is that most times God tell us something, but he doesn't give us the reason why. And that's why a lot of people struggle in that area is because he told us something, but don't really give us explanation to why. What's crazy is science always somehow proves the why. There's so much scientific evidence that proves that scripture makes sense. That scripture is the best for our lives. It's the best for us on how we should handle intimate relationships. So the law of spirituality is God said it, you do it. Second is what I like to call the law of psychology. The law of psychology. Now, a lot of times we think psychology, think has to do with just your mental state. But the root word psyche is actually dealing with the body, the mind. I'm sorry, not the body, the soul. The soul, the word psyche in Greek actually deals with the soul. And the soul is derivative of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when I say the psychology of love or the psychology that governs love, we're talking about your mind, your will, and emotions on how love affects your psyche. That's the psyche. You have to understand that love starts and ends in the mind, but your body follows. So the third law that governs love is what I like to call the law of physiology. That's your body. Those are your hormones. Those are the physical things that affect your body 
as it pertains to intimate relationships. There are going to be some things that your mind says no to, but your body says yes to, right? I think that was Prophet R. Kelly who once says, my, body, my mind is telling me no, but my body is telling me yes. That is a fact that your body can do something totally different than what your mind is telling you to do, all right? So we have to know what those laws are. And then fourth is what I like to call the law of cultural influence. We are influential by nature. That's why the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep is an, a dumb animal that is led by a leader. That's why we need, the Bible says we need a good shepherd. We also need good teachers, right? Because we are designed to be taught. We are designed to be led. And so cultural influence affects how we see intimate and loving relationship. And you need to understand all four of those laws, what they are and how they affect us. If you want to understand the totality of the decisions you're making as it pertains to love, which is one of the most natural things that God has given us. I call us love beings. We are love beings. We are spiritual beings made in the image of love and experiencing love in our physical, natural bodies. We are love beings. And if we don't understand what governs that, we're going to continue to make mistakes. A friend of mine, shout out to Q, once said this, if we don't know what we're doing, we won't know when to stop. I'm here to give you education, to guide you so you'll know what to do. So let's get into this teaching on what I like to call the Adam mindset. Okay. We want to start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. And I'm going to be reading from the American Standard Version. And God said, <clears throat> let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creep. I mean, creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him and male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over all of the fish of the sea, and over all of the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. All right, guys, I want to take you guys a little bit deep into this scripture. This scripture is what I like to call God's marriage. God's marriage is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. God's marriage. Not only is God's marriage found in those scriptures, but the purpose of marriage is found in that scripture. That is the root core of marriage. Anything you ever wanted to know is found in that scripture. Everything else in life is subcategories of this scripture. This, ladies and gentlemen, is God's 
marriage. I don't care what book you've read. I don't care what magazine you've read. I don't care what influencer came out. If it does not come from the root of chapter one, verse 26 to 27, it is not God's marriage. There are, there's God's marriage and there's everybody else's. I want God's marriage. He made it. It's his product. It's like I drive a Benz, I drive a BMW. They tell me what type of gas I need to put in that car in order for it for me to get the ultimate mileage and the ultimate benefit of that car. I have to follow their directions. Now, if I want to go put cheap gas in that car, that's on me. If I want to put something else in that car, that's on me. But it's going to break down and it's not going to be the very best that it's supposed to be. I have free will to put wrong gas and put cheap gas in my car. But if I want to put the best gas in my car, I got to put in premium. Is it going to cost me more? Yes. It's going to be a sacrifice to put premium gas in my Mercedes Benz. But if I want to get the value and benefit from driving that car, I better follow those directions. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27 is God's will when it comes to marriage. So let me break down. Let me go a little bit deep. Let me pull some of the principles out of it for you guys. And why it's important to understand this. He says here, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let's stop right there. You were created for God's glory, for God's purpose. What he's saying here, your birth is not about you. Your birth is not up to your mother or your father. They're partners. They're participants in it. But a man can have sex with a woman a thousand times and she never gets pregnant. Or a man can have sex with a woman once and she gets pregnant a thousand times. I mean, you know what I mean. That means he has no control over it. She has no control over it. This is God's doing that you are born. This is God's doing that you are here. Then he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. What image means is God's personality. Image is God's character. Image is God's will, the, the ability to choose. That's what image is. It's not looking like God. It's not saying that you are God. What this is basically saying is I'm going to give a species the ability to think for themselves, the ability to have free choice. And I'm going to give them my personality. I'm going to give them my morals. I'm going to give them my character. That's what image and likeness is. That's the first thing God gave you. Or the first thing we should be ascribing to is the spiritual elements of who God is. That's the first thing that you should strive for is the physical of the spiritual element of who God is. His image is our number one priority. Second, he says, let them have dominion. That's purpose. That's purpose. First, God gave us his image, which is his character, his morality, his personality, 
Then he gave us his purpose, a, a purpose. He said, let them have dominion. And then he told them what the purpose was over resources on the earth. God created a being like himself and gave them purpose of dom dominion means leader, rulership, rulership, and gave us rulership over the physical earth. Third, he says here, he gave them the image, he gave them dominion, and then he says, male and female, he created he them. Then he gave us a gender. Then he gave us a gender. So what does that mean, Mike, uh, Pastor Michael Love Guru? That gender is at the bottom of the list of what you should be holding so true to your value. And a lot of times in this world, we make things a gender issue. We make things a, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm trans, I'm bi, I'm this. I'm, I'm, I'm all these sexualities as your main topic of your existence. That's not God. That's not the world. Your race, I'm black, I'm white, I'm this. That's not God. That's Those are not the main priorities that we're supposed to have as humankind, as human species. The very first thing that we need to be focusing on is God's image, God's spiritual characteristics of who we're supposed to be. That's number one. Number two is purpose. What's the purpose for my life? Why am I here? After I get his image, because image comes before dominion. Image comes before purpose. If you find purpose before you find God's image, it's going to be a catastrophe. You're not going to keep your position until you get God's character. I see so many people mess up a position that they were talented for because they didn't have the character to keep it. Your character comes before your, your purpose. Because if you get your purpose for your character, you're going to create more harm to yourself and to the people you were called to influence. That means if you become the walking your role as a pastor before you truly get God's image, you're going to tarnish God's image because people look up to you to be the image of God. And if you are sleeping around with the congregation, if you're beating your wife, if you're mistreating uh, little boys, if you're treating this, uh, uh, molesting your daughters, if you are um, stealing money, if you are crooked, your character, and yet you're still sitting in that position, you're going to tarnish God's name. If you are an athlete, if you are an entertainer, if you are an influencer, if you are a judge, if you are a police officer, if you're a business owner, if you're a housewife, if you're a husband, if you anything, and you walk into any position and you do not have God's character, you're going to do more harm than good. So God told, and this word is saying, my image is more important in your purpose because your purpose is dependent upon my image so you need to get God's image before you find your purpose and then after you find your purpose God says now let's develop male and female 
Now let's have an understanding of what it's like to be a man and what it's like to be a woman. Because when you walk in your purpose, because and after God's likeness, you need to walk in your masculine or your feminine attributes. Because your masculine and feminine attributes is about servitude. It's about servitude in your position of purpose as you display God's image. Your gender does matter in the area of how you are to serve. Your purpose to the world as they look at God's image through you. That's what marriage is about because when a husband and wife, well, let me say this. Now that's before marriage, right? That's before marriage because you can still operate in a purpose through God's image in your masculine or feminine attributes in your single life. You don't have to be married to operate that way. You don't. That's more important than marriage. As a matter of fact, it's amazing because we never talk about God bringing two people together. Oh, glory to God. I just got that, y'all. Like when I was studying this and I can feel the presence of Lord over me, I just got this because I was going to talk about marriage. But the truth of the matter is that was before he brought two people together. That was before marriage. So before you get married, you have to have God's image, know your purpose, walk in your masculine or feminine attributes in servitude. That's one, that's one through 26. That's your singleness life. Oh, oh, I hope that bless somebody that's single, that wants to be in a marriage in a relationship. You need to get through Genesis chapter 1, 26 before you get to 27. All my single believers, Genesis chapter 126 is for you. Genesis chapter 126 is the condition of who you're supposed to be before he brings you to marriage. Ah, that's the new revelation to me. That's a, I, I got happy because that's something that I wasn't even preparing for. And I just got that revelation live right now. That Genesis 126 is the preparation of your singleness before marriage. Genesis 127 is marriage. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm, I got too happy. Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 27 is your singleness preparation. Genesis chapter 28 is your marriage. God's marriage. So Genesis chapter 128 is God's marriage. Genesis chapter 26 through 27 is God's singleness and preparation before marriage. So let's go to chapter 28. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's right. And then God blessed them. Meaning God approved of Adam and Eve. Of man and woman, meaning before he married him, 
God blessed them. Meaning before he said y'all two should get together, he confirmed and verified that these are the two type of people that should get married. That thing just blessed me. That thing just blessed me. So what type of two people should God be? Are those people that are made in his image, that understand their purpose and have his image. And he said he blessed them, meaning, okay, I give my blessing to you two to get married. And he says, and God said it to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This is God's marriage. Your mandate changes when you get married. I call that the marriage mandate. That's the kingdom marriage mandate that God gave two individuals who walk in his image, who both understand their purpose and who both understand their male and female femininity. Y'all get together and get married and y'all do something for me. That blessed me. So now that we understand the, the type of two, the, the, the man and female that God has called to get married. Now, and we also understand why he brings those two together. I want to focus on one issue, and that's Adam and why and where he messed up at. Right. If you get my first uh, teaching um, when I talked about the 10 things that the 10 heartbreaks, the 10 heartaches that causes heartbreak, that teaching talks about the breakdown of marriages and relationships. Right. Where the breakdown happens and anything that falls under that becomes subcategories of all of the issues that we're having in today's world as it pertains to marriage. So if I go back, look at that video, if you want to understand those 10 issues that are constantly playing on repeat in the lives of everybody in the marriage and relationship. But today I want to focus on Adam's part. And we talked about it again, that the husband or the house band is the cornerstone of the family, of the relationship. It holds the family together. And as I just read here in 26 in Genesis 1, chapter, I'm sorry, Genesis 1, chapter 28, the marriage mandate. Now understand this, ladies and gentlemen, the marriage mandate was given to both Adam and Eve or Adam and woman. Both of them had an assignment together. This was not just given to one. It was given to both of them, which means Man and woman both are valuable in the kingdom of God. They both have equal responsibility for God's mandate. They just have it as a collective in marriage. So your husband, the husband's part is no more important than a woman's part. The woman's part is no more important than a husband's part. However, God has created order. God has created structure. God has created hierarchy of leadership that he created this is not being male chauvinist this is not about masculine uh, tox, uh, toxic masculinity and, and and servitude and slavery and abuse that's all demonic that has nothing to do with god but we're talking about a kingdom mandate that he gave both man and woman 
husband and wife to do together collectively, okay? But I want to focus on Adam on this go around on what I like to call the Adam complex. So we're going to go to Genesis 2, uh, and this is verse 21 to 25. All right, I'm going to read this. I believe this is the New Living Translation. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And let me just backtrack a little bit because I talked to my wife about this today. Genesis 1 is like the overview of marriage and man and woman. It's like the, the overview. It's like the, the snapshot. It's like the whole completed picture before, middle, and after of the husband and wife, the man and woman creation. Genesis 2 breaks it down more in chronological order, meaning in the steps and orders in which he fulfilled the overall the overall view, okay? I used to always get that confused, like Genesis 1 says all this, but then it seems like Genesis 2 kind of tells it differently. doesn't uh, contradict it, just understanding what happened. Genesis 1 is like the, 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 the movie trailer, it's like the whole overall snapshot of what's going on. But Genesis 2 is telling the story in chronological order. Okay? So I wanted you to learn that. So here we got Genesis 2, verse 21 to 25. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Man says in 23... Because that's 21, 22, 23, he said, at last, the man exclaimed. He said, about time. About time you brought me somebody. There's somebody out there waiting for about time you brought me my wife. About time you brought me my husband. I'm tired of these jokers I'm dating. There's going to be, there's a there's an about time moment that's about to happen in your life. I'll be Declare it. It's going to happen suddenly. There's going to be some marriages that's going to be started this year. But you got to make sure you are in your Genesis 126 and 127. Because before he brings you to, to Genesis 28, you got to be in the image. You got to be in your purpose and you got to walk in your, your femininity and your masculinity. You got to know who you are. But there are some people that God is going to give some about time marriages, about time relationships. Adam goes on to say, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Genesis 24 says, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And it says in 25, now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. All right, let's get into it a little bit. This is why I started with Genesis 1, because you don't see the marriage mandate given to man and woman in Genesis chapter 2. You don't see God telling them what they're supposed to do. It's not in this particular passage. But we know he said it because he, he broke it down in Genesis chapter 1. So the purpose of them coming together, they say this is 
why a man leaves his mother and father's joint to his wife and the two are united to one why he created them male and female to come back together that's one purpose on why they will be joined together he's talking about it from an end in um a physiology a physical a, physi a physical logical standpoint or why he created the two genders so that physically they could come together in one but remember we talked about the law of spirituality it was for the purpose of dominion not just for them to have sex it was for them to have dominion it was for them to have a marriage a marriage mandate for his purpose and that's important to recognize because we're going to start looking at some things that adam failed to do the adam mindset there are a lot of men that are believers now we're not even just, let alone those who are just married with a wife and, and doing a thing but from those that are that say that they follow this bible they say that jesus is their lord that says that god is their father that says that they follow after these principles understand this there is a marriage mandate that god has given both you and her there's a marriage there's a kingdom mandate that he is giving you as a male or as a female but there's a marriage mandate when you two are brought together it changes i tell people it goes from a local uh, a local dominance to a global dominance you go from a local purpose to a global purpose there are some things that you cannot achieve in your singleness that you can achieve in your marriage because when adam was chilling by himself he was just naming animals and doing this thing but when they got together he says be fruitful and multiply and dominate the earth the earth so you go from dominating what's local to dominating what's global in your marriage and there's a reason for that and we, we cover the, the and, and we talk about we're stronger together right but let's go back down to adam let's go back down to the adam complex with a lot of married men that are believers i believe are struggling with today i struggle with it i'm still coming out of it the Adam complex is when God sends you your wife and you do not operate in your masculinity or in your kingdom assignment. That's what the Adam complex is. It's when God brings you your wife and you don't operate in your masculinity you don't operate in you don't conform to be oh this is another one i just got another revelation y'all while teaching this it's amazing how the bible says that for this reason a man clings to his wife it never says for this reason a husband clings to his wife hmm it says when a man clings to his wife why doesn't it say when a husband clings to his wife i believe it's because of this when when god took the woman out of he out of adam he anointed her not just to be a woman 
but he anointed her to be a wife. She cultivates him to become a husband. I think wives come with all of the programming to be a wife. He is transformed into a husband through her. Yeah. Yeah. He transformed through her. So the Adam complex is one when Adam does not convert to becoming a husband, he doesn't, he still operates like Adam. That's why it's the Adam complex. He has not yet converted to become a husband. He has the Adam mindset, not a house band mindset. And what happens? Now it says here, he says, when he saw her, he recognized that God sent her. He says, at last. There are some men who know that that's their wife. They saw her. They found in love with her. That's my girl. That's who I, I know that that's who God gave me. And God says, I need y'all to come together and do some things. Okay, got it. We get married. And we know the physical. He says, bone to my bone, flesh to flesh. You know she fine. You know how to have sex. You got that part. You got the physical part. You know how to you know how to have sex. Most men, when they get with their girl, when they marry their wife, they know how to have sex. They know how to do that part. That's the easiest part is we know how to have sex. The part we struggle with is becoming the husband. We don't know how to become the husband. And that's what God is saying today. A lot of us don't know how to be husbands. We just know how to have sex. Second thing is, out of mindset is you marry, she's your wife, you know how to have sex, but you still operate in your singleness. You know how to work. You know how to work. You know how to go get a job. A lot of men will work seven days a week and know how to bring home money but still don't know how to be a husband. That's the Adam mindset. You still operate in your singleness. You know how to work in the garden, Adam, but you don't know how to include her in your life for kingdom, global takeover. You are mismanaging the Biggest resource that God has given you, your wife. You do not know how to include her. You do not understand how she's designed. You do not understand her programming. So you mismanage her. So then what happens is you don't know how to properly lead your wife. So you abuse her. You let her do her thing. The Bible talks about when Eve was talking to Satan, Adam was right next to her. Why didn't he speak up? Hmm? Why didn't he jump in? Why didn't he rebuke Satan? Why didn't he protect his wife from that demonic influence? He knew the word. 
Why didn't he step in? A lot of men don't know how to lead their wives. They either lead by abuse or they become passive and just let her do her thing. Because maybe her personality is a little dominant. So he don't know how to lead her in love. So he hits her. Or he just doesn't say anything. He sits back and knowing that he needs to protect her spiritually, knowing he needs to step in and give her direction, he doesn't. Out of mindset. Number four, he blames her. No, first, he blamed God. He said, that woman you gave me. I know he said that woman you gave me, but he really blamed God for giving him this marriage. God never forced Adam to marry that woman. That was Adam's choice. He presented it. He presented it. He presented it. Adam chose her, but he blamed God. Then he blamed her. Adam mindset blames her, blames the kids, blame everybody else for the fact that he's not where he's supposed to be. And he has contentment in his heart for his wife. Adam mindset. Number five, he lives a separate life from her. Bible talked about after the fall, and Adam, when he first called her woman, he later called her Eve, which says, you're going to be the mother of all living things. Not we going to be the parents of all living things. He ain't even include them. So Adam, you got to be in that process too. She can't get pregnant by herself. How many men say that's your baby, not mine? You give birth. You going to be the mother of all living things. Not we going to be the parents of all living things because that's the truth. Out of mindset, he separates his responsibility for the family. He lets the wife raise the children. He lets the wife handle the bills. I'm just going to go back and work. I'm not going to be the house band. I'm not going to hold the family together. I'm going to put that on the wife. I'm going to put that on my baby mama. That's an Adam mindset. And you know what that does? It keeps our marriages from operating in the marriage mandate. It keeps us divided, separated. It also brings generation curses. As you go and read the Bible, the first murder happened between his kids. Where was Adam at? Why wasn't he stepping in and talking to his kids? Why was it God looking for Cain and Abel? And Abel? Why, why Adam wasn't looking for him? He was absent from his children's lives. The Adam mindset, you become absent from your children's lives. You become absent from being a husband. You never develop into being a husband and therefore you never develop to operate in the king and the marriage uh, mandate. We have a lot of men in the Bible. If you read the Bible, we have a lot of kings. 
but nowhere have you really seen a king and a queen doing anything together. You see David, you see Abraham, but you don't really see them ruling together as husband and wife, as man and woman. You see man and you see all his wives, but you never see a man and a woman operating in the fullness of what God says in Genesis 1.28, you don't really see that in the Bible. Man is operating in what I call the Adam complex. We have yet to fully utilize the greatest resource that God has given us next to him is our woman. The word help meet, if you read the Bible, it's actually a warrior term. It's so deep and I'll go into it in detail, but men, we've recognized the physical attributes of our wives for years, but we failed to go into the power and the warrior of who she really is and the combination of us operating together. I'm calling to action, husbands, to get before God, to humble yourselves and ask him. Just like Adam went and said, that woman you gave me made me do this. I say, Lord, teach me who that woman is that you gave me. And how do we dominate together? Teach me her superpowers, her attributes. Because if I'm gonna get married, for you, and you gave me her, then I want to operate in the fullness of our marriage. That's the call that I now have to men all over the earth. Those that are called by God, those who have been given the office of being a husband, Ask God, why is she in my life? Ask God, what are we supposed to do for you? Because that's marriage. So, to recap, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27 is your singleness mandate. Your singleness mandate before you get married, for those who are who look to have a husband, for those who look to have a wife, must first go through the process of Genesis 1, chapter 26 through 27. And that is one, operating God's image, two, understand your purpose, and three, walk in the power of your femininity or your masculinity for the purpose of your servitude. Once you master those three areas in your life, then God blesses you and blesses her. The Bible says he blessed them, which means he approved her and he approved him. Then those two came together in marriage for dominion on his behalf. Your assignment changed and you now go into what I like to call the marriage mandate.
Got it? That's your purpose. First, it's your singleness. Then it's your marriage. And it's for God's glory. Then I talked about the problem that men have. Remember, God made her a wife, but he never made him a husband. She cultivates him into becoming a husband. So husband, when you choose her, make sure she's a wife. And understand that there's going to be a process. She's going to take you from the Adam. Oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. She takes you from the Adam mindset into the husband mindset. Okay. And the husband mindset is about global domination. And you need to go to God. And God is the one who tells you who your wife is. Oh, Holy Spirit, what you say? Never ask your wife who she is. She don't know. She's going to only tell you a perception. And most of the time, that, per that perception, that, that perspective, she's only going to tell you her perspective. And most of the time, that perspective is wrong because of culture, because of lies, because of generational curses. If you want to know who your wife is, go to the one who created her. You never ask a hammer what the hammer's for. Go to the one who created it. If you want to know your wife, the Bible says that you, in order for you to live with your wife, you must live with her in knowledge. You need to go to God to ask her, who, who, Hoppo, who this woman? Hoppo, who, who this woman? You need to go ask God, who this woman? Who this wife is that you gave me? So that you can tap into the attributes of who she is. If not, you're going to be stuck in the Adam mindset. The Adam mindset. One, you only know how to have sex with her. Adam knew bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He understood the physical attributes of who she is. Most men, all he know about his wife is the physical attributes, is the servitude part of her. Wash dishes, cook, clean, be barefoot, be pregnant. He know that, but he don't really know who she is. Adam mindset. You're still operating in your manhood, in your Adamhood, but you don't know how to become a husband because you won't let her help you become a husband. That's her job. A woman's job civilizes her man. That's one of her gifts. She civilizes him. So she changes him into a husband, but you're fighting against it. Adam mindset. That's why also it's important for guys to make sure you marry the right one. Proverbs 31 woman was a, about the story of a queen telling her king husband on what type of woman she's supposed to be with because she can bring the king out in him or she can tear the king down. It's biblical. Read your word. Number three, learn how to properly lead your wife in love, not in abuse. Not enforced. That's why the Bible says love your wife. You know why he says to love your wife? Because love is a, not the verb. It's an act, it's a it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's patience, it's long suffering. It's I don't have that in front of me, but you guys know the scripture. Love her because she's going to transform you into a husband, a house band, and it ain't gonna be comfortable. 
because you're used to being single. You're used to being Adam. You're used to being in the field. You're used to dressing the way you want to dress. You're used to eating food out of the out of the carton. You're used to leaving your socks on the floor. You're used to peeing with the toilet seat up. You're used to only taking care of yourself sexually. You're used to walking around with skid marks in your drawers. You're used to being able, you're used to walking around burping and farting all the time. So now you have to be converted over to a hus a house band and you ain't going to like it. So God had to tell you to love your wife because it ain't going to feel good that she transformed you. Also, you got to learn how to include her in your life. You guys have a, a marriage uh, a marriage mandate together, both of you. You are not supposed to live a separate life from your wife. You're supposed to be inclusive. That's why God told wives to respect the husband, because you're going to want to rule over him, because you are boss too. So you're not going to want to submit under him. But he's saying, no, submit submission, sub your mission under his. We don't need two missions. We need one mission. It's a mandate. Work together. So you're going to want to be over him and he's going to want to mistreat you. That's why he gave us the rules. That's why we have this conflict. That's why I'm here to help us work through this stuff. Because Satan is on the loose and he's destroying our families because he is pissed because we got dominion. He don't. And he's trying to destroy. Oh, I heard you, Holy Spirit. See, Satan tried to fight God and he lost. So he's still trying to fight God. But he's going to fight the God that's in us. So he can't destroy daddy. So I'll destroy the thing that's closest to him, the thing that's just like him. I'm going to destroy his image. And I'm going to send his image to hell. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. Sending your image to hell. And I'll do that by sending you a slow kill relationship that's going to lead you from God's heart. Your relationship could be sending you to hell. That's why I'm here. Let's change, let's study. Those relationships that God brought together, let's get the best out of those. Those relationships that God gave you free will to choose. Let's get the best out of those. Those relationships that God has warned us to get, let's get out of those because it's sending you to hell. This your boy, Pastor Michael, Love Guru. This is another episode of Love Chat. If this has been a blessing to you, like I say, guys, I'm trying to leave my job so I can study and bring you more of this content. If you want to support what I'm doing, support. The link's in the bio. You can support. If you want to, if you are, if you want to get the best out of your marriage, then you should be part, come a part of the Power Couple Workshop so we can unlock the true power of your relationship. 
It's a it's a community. It's a it's currently right now. I don't know if it may change, but right now it's forty nine dollars a month, a month to get every week powerful workshops where we take the word of God and we work through some of the trauma that we have been some of the trauma and some of the cultural biases that have been crept up in our on our unconscious and our subconscious mind that's keeping us from having best best relationships that we ever had. We're going to work through trauma together. We're going to right some wrongs. We're going to unlearn some things. And we're going to have a new perspective on the word of God as it pertains to our relationships. We're going to also do life together. We're going to go on cruises together. We're going to have fun together because you, are, you do not have to do this by yourself. So you can join the Power Couple Workshop it's online. It's a Zoom community. We meet once a week and on Saturdays. And whether you can come live or you can see the recording, you can join that as well. It's $49 a month. You invest in that. And I'm going to reinvest that back into you guys. So you guys can join that. You can also click the link. I have merch. I have merch. Remember, I say, guys, we are love beings. I have I have merch that will help to rep represent God's marriage, God's love, right? Represent, show, and teach, and spread. And let's come against what I like to call weaponized love because the enemy is using love and he is attacking you and he is sending you to hell. So let's combat that. Represent, get the merch. I appreciate it. Also, when you, whatever you, whenever you support, whatever you, you give. I'm going to be. I'm building a, a a movie studio here. If you guys don't know this, I'm a writer. I'm a I'm a director. I'm a producer. I have a film on Amazon right now called Friends, Family, and Lovers. Okay, I, I think I'm. It's in my link tree actually. If you check my link tree out of my bio, it'll take you directly to my film. But I have ideas for more television shows. I have ideas for movies. I have ideas for game shows. I have ideas for dating shows, right, to help us to have a better uh, understanding of God's love, okay? So when you support me, you are supporting a whole movement that's surrounded around God's love, okay? Again, I am your boy, Pastor Michael, love guru. It has been an honor and a privilege to bring you guys this word of God today. And I hope that it's been a blessing to you. It's been amazing to me. I learned some stuff today that I didn't even know that I was going to be shown. So I grew today. I hope that you grew today. Uh, please make sure that you share this your my messages, my my my, um, my shorts, um, as we continue to bring more people, those who need to be taught and led in the area of God's love. All right. God bless you. I love you guys with the love of Christ. I'll be here again next Saturday. Again, I'm in Miami Beach, Florida. If you're ever in the area, you want to come and be on this show, hit me up. Hit me up in my inbox. I can get you on. We could talk about your experience. I'm excited to show you more what God is showing me because he care about your love life. All right. Peace out.